Greetings. Welcome to The Kicker, the new podcast from Columbus Business First. Thank you for listening. I'm Dominic Kapp, Editor-in-Chief of Columbus Business First. I'm joined here by Managing Editor Doug Buchanan, who's the lead man on organizing and developing our daily online news reports. With us today also is Dan Eaton. Dan is reporter par excellence for us on a number of beats, one of which is covering Honda Motor Company. Say hi, Dan. Hello. All right. One of the biggest uh, manufacturers, biggest employers in central Ohio, an innovative player on the the global auto scene. We'll chat with Dan to get his take on the North American International Auto Show, which he attended in Detroit earlier this week. The show is the first big auto exposition of the year in the U.S., and Dan was among the army of media that descends on the Motor City every every cold January to get a look, see at what was new, and take advantage of the chance to, to talk with some top executives. Uh, in this podcast, we'll also fill you in on some key retail and real estate developments that have come down recently in Columbus. Uh, there are yet more plans for redevelopment in that commercial corridor around Ohio State University. And in another neighborhood not too far away from Ohio State is bracing for change, and we'll get to that later on. Uh, but first, Ohio State had a role in the story that broke this week, and we'll, give, uh, we'll let Doug give us the details on that one. Yeah, we're swapping two Buckeyes-themed restaurants in uh, central Ohio. The Grandview Yard Buckeye Hall of Fame Grill is closing after, I believe it was five years. Is that right, Dan? Yep, about five and years. And then uh, Eddie George's Grill 27 is leaving the South Campus Gateway. It was an original tenant there. Uh, that uh, was 10 years ago, uh, if I'm right, Dan. Correct. Um, and so uh, even though Grandview Yard is losing a Buckeye-themed restaurant, they're getting another one uh, in return. So what, go- what goes on with Buckeye Grill then? What happens with that or why did they pull out of this thing? Uh, Buckeye Grill just goes away. The okay. um, uh, it was a situation. Nationwide Realty actually owns the restaurant. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't another company. It wasn't an operator that was there. It was Nationwide uh, Nationwide Realty's restaurant, and they brought in an outside company to run it for them. So uh, the Buckeye Hall of Fame Grill essentially just goes away. And Ohio State had the license on that, right? And that yes, was yeah, it was okay. licensed from Ohio State. That license expired last year okay. as well. And that was the yeah. second time the Buckeye Hall of Fame Grill has gone away, right? Uh, used correct. to be on Olentangy River Road, and it's now a uh, hotel, hotel, I believe, yeah. And we don't know what's going to take uh, Eddie George's place yet. Uh, we do not. We do not. Campus, it's an awfully campus big partners, space, though. Yes, Campus Partners hasn't uh, uh, yet commented on uh, what might fill uh, fill in there. It's about, I don't know the exact size, but I think it's around 8,000 square feet. I was told it's similar to what uh, to what Eddie George is moving into over at I, You know, i got to believe that that's got to be some sort of blow for South Campus Gateway, which has some relatively regular in and out of there. I mean, they've, they've lost some retailers before, and... and um, uh, I don't know if it's it's a re, is a, a byproduct of what it is and that's new, and so the rents come a little bit higher, or whether Eddie George Grill twenty twenty seven Grill uh, felt comfortable there if if that was the kind of market they were looking for. You're right across the street from the university. It's uh, it, it'll be interesting to uh, to to see what happens there. Uh, Campus Partners and OSU brought in Steiner and Associates uh, last year to start doing the leasing there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that changes uh, uh, that development over time. Steiner does Easton and a lot of other major developments, so has a lot of connections. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the Eddie George operator sounded convinced that they were going to do more business over at Grandview Yard than they did there. And uh, just like with everything around here, parking, I think it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not inconvenient, really, to park at Gateway, but it's certainly more convenient to park at Gateway or at uh, Grandview Yard, in yeah. my opinion. Well, and I think, you know, the comment, some people on Twitter kind of jumped on, you know, he, he made a comment about uh, 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 their customers uh, uh, 
who they want their customers to be or more in the, the, the Grandview Yard area. And I think that uh, he sort of walked it back from students, but I, I, I think that was the big factor. Yeah. You know, I wonder how many students actually go to there. I mean, faculty, family, things like that. But, uh, you know, the student population is probably who they're going to lose. And they'll probably, well, but they'll probably gain more from people in the Grandview area, people at the hotels, because there's hotels two hotels now that are going to be right next to this restaurant. And if I'm just looking to go watch a Buckeyes game, uh, I don't necessarily need to be right on campus or right off campus, you know, to have that feel like I'm in an Ohio State uh, area. So I'd be more than happy to go over to Granby Yard. See, there you go. Yeah. You gained a customer. Yep, <laughs> certainly. And I've never been to Eddie George's Grill in 10 years, so... Let's shift over to the international, the North American International Auto Show. I always find that kind of an interesting name that they crammed the two in there, but it certainly is a global auto show. Uh, Dan was there for two or three days this week, and uh, um, you know one of the big players there is Honda, always is. Uh, I presume it was again this year. Why don't you give us a lowdown, at least what you saw from the company, and maybe a sense for what we can expect out of them based on what they showed. Yeah. Well, the big news for Honda uh, from the from the two days of media previews. First of all, it won the, the North American Car of the Year award for the most recent version of the Civic, which is a which is a pretty big deal in the industry. It's uh, the third time the, the Hondas won the award, and the first time since two thousand six, which was also the Civic. So they kind of kicked off the auto show with that big piece of news. Um, the big reveal was the the revived Honda Ridgeline, which has been away for a couple of years. They kind of let it die off, uh, uh, but decided to to bring it back. And uh, it, it's never been a big seller for Honda, but it's but it's popular amongst a, a certain segment of customers, and they they seem to to want to continue uh, attracting the the sort of non truck user. Uh, it has uh, a unique buyer. look to it. I mean, a unique functionality to it that you don't see in a lot of pickups. Right. Yeah. They, 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 you know, they pitch it as, uh, uh, they, I mean, they said in their, in their, their speech that it's geared for city, city driving. So right. most of the time, even if you use your truck for business, you're doing most of your driving in the city. So they, sure. so they design it like that and they definitely have more of an urban, uh, uh urban pitch with some of the, f- the features they talk about. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised the look yeah. didn't change that much, but, uh, like you said, it's got more tailgatey type, mm-hmm. Yeah, features well, to it. Well, it looks like the reception seems to be. It looks more like a truck than the previous one did. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know they really emphasize the features that include. They have a trunk in the bed, uh, which is also basically a cooler. It even has a drain in it, uh, so they're fully mm-hmm. embracing the uh, the tailgating use sure. of, of of the vehicle. They have a sound system in the bed. It's not actually speakers. It's a, a something called exciters that I had to look up that 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 sort of I guess vibrate the sound. So you mm-hmm. can they played it on stage. They, they, they played a song, and you could hear it coming out of the bed of the truck. Wow. Uh, but then it's not exposed. If you just look at the truck, you won't see anything that indicates there's a sound system in there. Um, and there's a, there's a power outlet in there as, as well, which they said, you know, it's good for uh, tools or a big screen TV. So is the, is the, <laughs> ridge, is, is the ridge line a threat to the F-150 that Ford makes, which I think is the number one yeah. pickup truck in America? Uh, not a threat at all. I mean, it's it's still a, it's a, it's a niche product for for Honda, and, and even within the truck segments, the only real truck Honda does, they've said they're not interested in doing a bigger truck. They're not interested in doing a smaller truck. They even admit they're not really known for trucks, but they like this truck. They do it well, and it seems to have enough fans to to make it worth it. That's true. I mean, Honda and its DNA is really a performance 
uh, car maker and uh, and sort of sets its uh, its sights on that. Did you get a look at the NSX? Was the NSX there? The, there the were two. There, there were two NSXs there. Um, uh, one at the Acura display, and then the uh, the Rob Report, the the luxury publication, the the Rob Report had a display of a bunch of uh, old uh, old and new uh, high end luxury vehicles, and there was an NSX at that display as well. So there were two of them there this year. I've seen an NSX. There was one driving around Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago. A new one or, or yeah, or, yeah. It had manufacturer plates mm-hmm. on it, uh, and they were just kind of tooling up France Road. It sounded uh, pretty uh, pretty spectacular, <laughs> you know. And I'm sure it was an NSX because I I tweeted about it and I got a couple of other people who contacted me and said that uh, they had seen it elsewhere around town. Same car. Well, it's pretty distinct. Yeah, you, know? you yeah. can't miss it. Yeah. You really can't. It's a sharp looking vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that the Civic the Civic Award this year was for Car of the Year. Car of the Year, yeah. Which yep. is a big deal for Civic given right. it, that it had its problems not mm-hmm. too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a generation beyond that one, uh, I want to say it was 06 or 07, okay. um, in, which caused them, Honda actually did a pretty quick turnaround on a, on a, a pretty significant refresh to that one that, that, that was received poorly. But this is a, a generation beyond that. But it's a nice comeback because the last time they released a new Civic, they caught some flack for it. Yeah, I, and I, I, re- I recall that. I mean, Honda has such a, such a, a reputation as being a bulletproof uh, uh, car maker for, for quality, and the Civic just did not... Did not uh, uh, meet up to that, um, and also we, you got to look at a prototype car that it was produced either by Acura or Honda. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? It was uh, it was Acura. They call it the the Precision Concept. So it's not uh, it's not a car that's going to to you'll see on the roads in any in any. That's too bad because it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, you won't see it on the roads in any real way. But it's it's sort of a design exercise that that lets um, you know the Acura designers loose. Um, so you'll uh, see bits and pieces of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's Including what, a very distinctive grill. Yes. Which which they did say the dis- they call it the diamond pentagram, not pent- pentagon, not pentagram, diamond pentagon. The <laughs> <And laughs> front fashion is very important for cars. Even yeah. They don't the have double worshiping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, so the, the yeah, it has a very distinct grill um, uh, that that Honda or Acura executives said you you will see the grill on on Acura products soon, and then it, it has other features as well. Certain design features on the outside, it looks a lot sportier mm-hmm. than you may think of a, of a regular Acura, and uh, you know inside features like different sort of seating that they described as modern lounge. Uh, type seating. It has a rectangular steering wheel. Has technology features like a, a facial recognition system that will will recognize you when you get in the car and adjust, uh, you know, the volume in the seat and everything to to how you like it. My wife will love it because yeah. she has a hard time even turning the radio on in her car because it's <laughs> Subaru yeah. and uh, a lot different. So, so beyond Honda, beyond what you saw there, uh, give us a sense for what the theme or what the uh, the main talking uh, points were during the show. Well, from a product standpoint, uh, trucks and SUVs are still huge. Um, uh, they've been back on the upswing uh, the last few years as, as uh, fuel economy and, and, and prices have changed. You know, trucks and, and SUVs are way more competitive with cars now on fuel economy. So, you know, Americans, we love our uh, utility vehicles and, and, and trucks. So a lot of the debut, debuts were new um, uh, SUVs, a lot of uh, things that will be competitors to the Pilot and the CRV. Uh, like the GMC Acadia was one of was one of the bigger debuts um, uh, in the similar kind of light truck category. Chrysler had the Pacifico, which is a minivan. It'll be a comp- uh, competitor for the uh, uh, for the Odyssey, uh, uh, but again, there's this this push towards um, not cars. 
I mean, everybody's still banking that gas prices are going to stay low for a while if they're going to push this many trucks out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And then and then for beyond products, it was an interesting show because there were a lot of um, manufacturers that talked about sort of bigger, broader technology and issues. And their, their main presentations weren't so much about a single product, but more about an idea. You had Ford talking about uh, being a, more of a mobility company. They want to invest in, uh, you know, ride-sharing companies, uh, similar to what GM and, and, and Lyft have done recently. They didn't say that specifically, but, but you know, that, that connection is, is, is clear there. And, and they just see a lot more business uh, uh, out there in in finding other ways to get people around aside from their own vehicles. And then you had someone like Toyota that talked about uh, mm-hmm. partnering with a, a company that makes flat antennas for, for satellites and, and talking about the connected car of the future and autonomous driving and, and how if you can connect to a satellite network, um, it'll make those things way more practical than wireless. I really liked uh, that, that that story. When I first read it, I was picturing a satellite dish on the top of Toyota's <laughs> driving around. I didn't now, realize it was going to be flat. That's yes, not a little disappointing. It, not practical. The, some of the uh, the illustrations that would impact the mileage. Did, I would yes, think. It, did, it did have satellite dishes, uh, drawings of satellite dishes on cars. I said yeah. that that's not really practical. Right. <laughs> I don't think they had one on the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dominic, you want to talk about uh, what's going on by Ohio State? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get away from cars and talk about uh, putting buildings up. And we got uh, we got word this week that uh, uh, the Edwards Company, which is doing some uh, some significant housing development around Ohio State, is putting up another has plans to put up another building. About 170 apartments will go along North High Street, which faces the uh, the OSU campus between 16th and 17th Avenues. This is over on the east side. Uh, six stories, a uh, room for 145 beds, which means that, or 445 beds, which means that this is a project that's being pitched primarily towards students, but you can't make it a, a student-only kind of complex. You have to have these kinds of buildings open to uh, uh, to everyone. But it, you know, it continues along Edwards' uh, progress in there, just a little bit south of of the of that area. Uh, they have a number. They have a couple other apartment buildings that they're doing. One uh, which is supposed to start construction this year, uh, with a plan to open it uh, by let's see by the break ground in March, uh, with with a expected completion in August of 2017. That's about 144 apartments, and that is near the South Campus Gateway, also off of off of South. Um, uh, I'm sorry, off of North High Street, and it just sort of continues that redevelopment that sort of. Street down of, of the commercial corridor that fronts the university uh, and a lot of other uh, plans for that Ohio State has has sort of laid out um, an early proposal to try to make a, a new entrance to the university I think if you take a look at the university from North High Street while the buildings are there there is no grand entrance Right, and that's what, I mean, we're talking about the, the block right across from the Wexner Center, uh, which is itself an iconic building on campus. So I think what they're trying to do is clear that block out a little bit, clear that whole area out. Certainly have this building take up an entire block, but then right next to it, they want to have a plaza that kind of opens up that big intersection, and then they want to have a signature hotel uh, kind of back off of High Street, off of Pearl, uh, so that that would definitely be the, the place to funnel people we're only, uh, you know, onto campus and into what the, the they're calling the Arts District, uh, which will be anchored by the Wexner Center. And Should that was, be pretty yeah. nice, uh, pretty nice area when it's done. That was a newly disclosed piece of this whole this whole sort of gateway area was the 150 room hotel that they want to build about a block off of, of North High Street to the east. 
Um, we talked to the folks at the university. They said there were no specific plans in terms of what flag will be on the hotel. Um, they have interest from developers. Haven't gone much further on it, but clearly that is part of the mix. Uh, as they keep redoing that whole that whole stretch that goes right in front of the university, it took some old time retailers that are and and shops are gone now, and they're clearing the way for uh, something that will look very very different. Um, and then if I think if you take a look as you go down. Uh, High Street toward downtown, there is uh, there was a development that uh, that we were see coming up, and mm-hmm. it looks like there's an approval in the short north. Right. So uh, Bohr and White Castle are working to uh, redevelop the the site where there's a there's a current White Castle right there on High Street. They want to put a, um, a obviously a much bigger uh, uh, building, a mixed use development. It'll be eight stories, kind of off the street, six stories right on high right on High Street. Uh, they wanted it to be bigger originally, but getting some pushback from the Victorian Village Commission last year, they agreed to go ahead and scale it down a little bit. Uh, but um, uh, it'll have 98 apartments, 200 more parking uh, more, more parking spots, and then some street level retail offices. Uh, the whole nine yards uh, looks pretty uh, looks pretty slick. But uh, anything you uh, propose in the Shore North is obviously going to have a lot of fans, a lot of critics. Absolutely, you know that, that and that project I think is emblematic of the makeover of Shore North. When you said it's eight yeah. stories, I think that the, you know in years past, uh, if buildings were two, three, and four stories, that was sort of the uh, the norm. I think if anybody uh, who's unfamiliar with Shore North or Columbus was saw that neighborhood thirty years ago, it would have been a spot where you didn't hang around too long. And then about uh, ten years after that, when it got cleaned up with an awful lot of investment and promise from nationwide insurance that uh, it, it's be turned over to an arts district. And now Dan reports almost weekly on something that seems to be coming out on the restaurant scene or the uh, uh, the boutique retail front, of people who are now sort of gravitating towards Short North. And it's sort of that whole change of that, uh, of that neighborhood down there. Well, there you have it. Another look at some uh, happenings in uh, Columbus's business community. My thanks to Doug and certainly to Dan for their perspective on the news. Also, it's a good time to hand out some plaudits to Rick Titus. He's the man uh, who is uh, behind the sound. Do you, do you still mix sound? Am yeah. I dating myself? Is that, DJ, what I, DJ, is that what it is? Okay. Rick's our creative director of Business First and the guy who helps produce uh, and edit this podcast. Of course, if you want more on the latest breaking news from Central Ohio's business sector, get online and find us at columbusbusinessfirst.com. We provide, under Doug's guidance, a steady stream of news reports on that site throughout the day. So until next week, until we bring you uh, another fresh examination of everything that's Columbus business, goodbye. Bye.